so good to have you in the sacred space where we're together we share under the umbrella of God's grace. Has God been good to anybody in this place? Yeah. Why don't you help me thank God for our praise team? Help me thank God for our media ministry. Uh, and, and what about our baptism candidate, Lanny? Uh, help me thank God for her. We're going to be praying for her. And with that stated, listen, if you have not participated in Believer's Baptism, truly, truly, it is a spiritual marker in your life you do not want to miss. And we want to celebrate that with you. Baptism is our public confession that we believe in the death, life, death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we proclaim it to the world that we are living under his lordship. And so listen, at the end of the service today, if you have not experienced believer's baptism, that is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are in relationship with God, but you haven't gone through in expressing that in baptism, we invite you to let us know that we can schedule your baptism and celebrate what God is doing in your life. Thank you so much again for being here. I'm excited uh, to get into the Word of God as God continues to challenge us through His Word, particularly in our response to the commandments in which He's given, that it's more than just proclaiming it, it's actually living it. And our text for the morning is coming from Exodus, the 20th chapter, and this morning is from the 7th verse, Exodus, the 20th chapter. And our reading will begin at the seventh verse. This is uh, the third of, of many uh, laws that we're going to be visiting, commonly known as the, the Ten Commandments, uh, that we are going to be looking into as a body of Christ. Um, and to those of you who are at home, are we looking together in God's Word? Remember, we want to see God's Word manifest in our lives. So we have to put ourselves in position to be receptive to what God has to say, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're enabled to live in a way that best reflects and honors God. Exodus, the 20th chapter, the 7th verse. God wrote, as we read, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Let me say that once more. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to challenge us to remember that there is something about that name. Father, we come before you in all humbleness as we are recipients of your grace, how you've guided our lives to this exact moment, how you've uh, welcomed us into your presence that we might celebrate by singing your praises, celebrate you, and now look into your holy word to see how we can live lives that draws closer and closer in relationship with you, that you might be glorified through our lives. And so we ask that you would make our hearts receptive soil for the seed of your word, that it may take root, that it may develop fruit, and that others through our lives' testimony may know of you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. There's something about that name. The song we used to sing back in the day, Dr. Al, there's something about the name. Um, there really is because our name 
means something. Our name uh, represents our identity. That if someone really knows you, then they, they know your name. In fact, if we're honest about it, if someone really, really knows you, they not only know your name, versus they know your nickname, your street name. They, they, know, they know your, none of y'all have no nicknames around here, huh? They, they know your name. N- names are all those personal identification markers that distinguishes us from others. That when people know your name, they are beginning to know you. What is the first thing we do when we introduce ourselves to someone? We tell them our, I'm not in here by myself, we tell them our name. And, and more than that, it being an a identifier of who we are. But when you are in the Hebrew uh, context, names are more than just a, uh, a fancy way of putting mom and dad's name together. Names were, were, were more than just uh, identifiers. But names reflected character. Names in Bible context reflected the character, Peggy, of the individual that was named. Uh, let me give you an example. Like, like Jacob and Esau. Esau's uh, name was Esau because of his, the red nature of his hairiness. And Jacob, whose name meant heel grabber, uh, was, he was named such because of the context uh, of his, his birth. He was grabbing the heel of his brother, and therefore he was given that name. Names matter. We, we understand that. And if names on a human level matter, how much more does God's name matter? How much more does the name above all names matter? It matters so much that God, who in his grace, took a group of people who were in captivity, delivered them from captivity, got them to a sacred space by the base of a mountain, and he tells them by way of Moses, Do not take my name in vain. Why? Because there there is something about about his name. And if we are to have a blessed relationship with God, it will require reverence of his name. Uh, Let me me help you understand, even in this command, that God's name is holy. Holy. It reflects his, his name reflects his holiness, and we ought to treat it as it is holy. When we come before God in this sacred assembly, we understand that we serve a God of one. He's he's the only audience in here. So when we sing praises, we're not singing for each other. We're not singing for the musicians. The musicians aren't just playing for us to be able to sing. No, we're singing before God. We when we pray, we're praying to God. And when we use his name, we use it with the, the reverence that is due his name. Uh, and if you want to grow in your relationship with him. I hope you do. I hope that what we are doing here is not just religious ritual, that what we're doing here as we gather, as you connect online, as you fill in these spaces, that we are here eagerly pursuing to go deeper and deeper and deeper in our relationship with God. 
And in order to do that, we must learn how to have a fresh reverence for the name of God, a fresh reverence for the things of God, that we understand that God is a holy God. And God, who's a holy God, get this, he welcomes humanity to come into relationship with him. And we get to choose. We get to choose. Because in this context of the text, I really like uh, the, the, the way Deuteronomy gives us the picture around the giving of the Ten Commandments. If it's your first time hearing about the Ten Commandments, these are, are the tablets of stone initially that God himself wrote out for humanity. Not just for humanity, but for a special group of people who he had delivered. The Ten Commandments are, are the laws, the decrees, the principles that God himself wrote out so that a people who he would place his name on would learn what it means to live in relationship with him. Uh, don't run past this. So listen to how Deuteronomy describes it. Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter, the first through the fifth verse. He says, uh, these holy principles... Are reflected well, it says, and Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the rules that I speak in your hearing today. You shall learn them and be careful to, to do what? To do them. The Lord your God made a, a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our fathers did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all of us here alive today. This is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. The Lord spoke to you face to face at the mountain, out of the midst of the fire. Don't, don't miss this. The, the Lord spoke to you, the people, the people whom he had delivered out of Egyptian captivity. God spoke to them. Do you see just yet how, how personal God is? That the God wants us to be in a personal relationship with him. He speaks to the children of Israel. He says, the Lord spoke to you face to face at the mountain out of the midst of the fire. While I, Moses is speaking, stood between the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the word of the Lord. Look at this. For you were afraid because of the fire. And you did not go up into the mountain. I, I want to park here for a moment. Here, here's the context of, of what, where we get our, our Ten Commandments uh, text. The context is such that God has delivered a group of people. He's brought them to a safe and sacred space where they are able to worship him. And in expressing his desire to have a personal relationship with them, some of them were too afraid to go further into the relationship. Do you see that in the context? Because of their fear, they stayed at the base of the mountain, yet God was calling them up to a greater level of intimacy. And so now we see that Moses' experience with God is somewhat different than the children of Israel's experience with God. And the reason being is that because Moses was, was more Moses was more, more willing to go further with God than the very people who experienced God's deliverance. I want to challenge you, saints of God. 
That may God use us to not be complacent at the mountainside, but rather we do the hard work of climbing the mountain to go further and further in relationship with God. Media ministry, I get it. I know that's not in the notes, but that's in the text. God is challenging us to go further with him. And so Moses gets to have an experience that the children of Israel don't initially have because they were too afraid to go further. Does that describe any of our relationships with God in here? That if our relationships are just limited to the Sunday experience, then we're just at the mountainside. But I love the fact that Moses climbed the mountain, did the hard work to be in the presence of God, and in the presence of God, he was able to see clearly the works of God. He saw God writing on the tablet. He saw God. Am I getting too excited up in here? I just want you to to, to go deeper with your relationship with him. He saw some things of God that those who stayed down the mountain didn't see because they weren't willing to go further in the relationship. Uh, But but you see God's grace all around here, Lee. Because God's grace is, even though they wouldn't come up to the mountain to be with him, he sent down some grace to be with them. I hope you get this. That God is such a relational God that even if, though they were afraid to go, God sent the tablets of testimony to the people that he chose to deliver so they would learn how to be in relationship with him. See, before this context, they didn't know what it meant to be in a relationship with God. They had been in Egyptian captivity. They they, they didn't know how to pursue a relationship with God. But look how good God is. God wouldn't leave his children to wander aimlessly to try to determine whether or not they're growing in relationship with them. No, he gives them some principles, uh, some some guardrails. Uh, Let me me have some of you think back for a moment. Um, I've told them, I'll ask you, you did you grow up with old school parents? Uh, You grew up with old school parents, raise raise your hand. Let me see, I got some folk in here. All right, now now I know I'm in context. Uh, Any of you grew up with new school parents? (laughs) You don't even know what that is. Okay, here it is. And the old school parents, you begin to to learn uh, from the the parent-child dynamic. You learn as you grow together what your parents will tolerate and what they won't tolerate. Let me talk to some folks for a moment here. Uh, you said you grew up. You, 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 you do remember the time when, when someone asked you to do something and you said, uh, no, no, I, I can't do that. Uh, parents didn't have to be nowhere around, no, nowhere in the vicinity. They just said, no, 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 no. Uh, come on, come on, let's, let's, go, let's, let's go get some plums. Off. I'm going in my back, my back days now. Jump the fence, get some plums on somebody else's tree. No, 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 I, 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 can't, I can't do that. Why you can't do that? Because you don't know my mama. You, you, you don't know my, I know I can't get out of bounds because, because my dad had, would have something to say about that. The more you learn relationship and have a relationship with God, you begin to learn how to be in a relationship with God so that you don't offend God. This God who delivers This God who redeems, this God who puts his name on the very people he delivers says, I love you so much that I don't want you to go ignorant of what it means to grow in a relationship with me. You want to grow in a relationship with me? This is what God says. Be careful how you use my name. God says, my my name is is holy. In fact, uh, what what he says there uh, is really emphatic. Uh, Do not take my name. Did you catch it there? 
Not sometimes you can use my name when you get upset or you smash your hand on something. Not sometimes you can use my name flippantly or carelessly. No, what God says, if you want to grow in relationship with me, uh, when he welcomes me into relationship with him, that I got to recognize his holiness. I hope you all get this. That, That when we are welcomed by God, and we are welcomed by God to be in relationship with him, what we must recognize is that he is God and we are not. Which means then that he has the lead on the relationship. He he sets the guidelines, not not us. Which means we don't come to God and and say, God, I'm going to use your name the way I want to use your name because uh, you are my God. You forget that God is God. He is the creator of everything. And he says when we invoke his name, we got to put some respect to that. Oh, see, I'm flashbacking too much, George. I'm flashbacking too much. You know, it's hard for me, um, given the context that I I grew up in. Susan, it's it's hard, Ed, it's it's hard for me, given the context I grew up in, um, to just speak to seniors a certain way. Because when you you grew up in a small town of Ville Platte, Louisiana, where everybody knows everybody, and that's not Cheers, that's, that's, that's the town I grew up in. You had to put a handle, they called it. You got to put a handle when you speak to people who are senior to you. So when it's outside the church, it was Mr. and and Mrs. You put a handle on it. And then when you got a part of the church, you learn, oh, no, that's a brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so. You just didn't come just, just familiar with adults. Now, I know I done left out about half of y'all. And you don't really understand. It's okay. Because I don't even, th- before, before your time, ad- all adults had the, the, the right of way of discipline in the context that I grew up in. So you didn't just say anything any kind of way. I'm just trying to help you all understand something here in, in, in layman's terms. If, that, if we have that with human relationship, and you ought to teach respect uh, with human relationship, we ought to respect each other because all of us are made in the image of God and the likeness of God. We ought to have a mutual respect. But if you have that much respect for people and people you hold in high esteem, how much more reverence should we have for God who woke you up this morning, even if you didn't talk to him last night? How much more reverence should we have for God who guided you and got you here safely, even though others may have not made it? So God says, I want to teach you how to be in relationship with me. He says, if you want to be in relationship with me, you got to recognize my holiness. Because God, God is holy. But, but secondly, we have to, when we call on his name, we call on his name reverently. Understanding that when we speak, when we pr- sing praises, y'all, we're speaking to a holy God. I, I know, I know that sometimes we've we seen that song that uh, I'm, I'm so glad you're my friend, but he's your creator. He's your sustainer. He is, he is, if it were not for God, we would not be. And when you consider what God has delivered us from, y'all, when it comes down to who he is, if there's anybody who praises him, who glorifies him, it ought to be those who knows 
his hand of deliverance. So he delivers Israel and he tells you, I'm, I'm going to tell you how to, to reverently uh, praise me and worship me. Um, and even, even after Israel, when the disciples were walking with Christ and they wanted to know uh, to teach them how to pray. You remember that, right? In, in Matthew, uh, the, the sixth chapter, right on the ninth verse, and they wanted to know, teach us, Master, how to pray. He says, well, pray like this. Our Father... I just want to make sure I had some folk who read their Bible. Who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed. That, that, there's no other name like the name of God. Now here in, in Israel, he's speaking of his, his personal name, the very name that he introduces himself. I love God. Look at this. He introduces himself to Moses when Moses says, uh, who should I say you are? Who, who, who are you? And he says, I am that I am. Translated from the Hebrew, Yahweh, that, that God is God and God is God alone. And y'all listen, when we come in his presence, can, can, I, can I push this just a little bit further? You know, we we got we to recapture the holiness of God. There's some things we ought not want to do in the presence of God. We got to come with, with, with reverence and, and, and understanding that when you see God in his holiness, it shows us just how unholy we are. And perhaps the reason many of us have gotten self-righteous is because we have been looking at other people to compare our holiness to instead of comparing our holiness to the God who is the only one who is holy, who makes us holy by virtue of him being holy. Uh, I, need, I need to let you go. I need to let you go. I'm getting too, I, I'm just enjoying this word too much. So, so, so we, must, we must call on him reverently. Um, but, but thirdly, we must... We must proclaim God's name responsibly, not, not, not flippantly, not carelessly, not as some everyday expression. But when you talk about God, make sure what you're talking about reflects God's character. When you invoke the name of, of Christ, uh, God in flesh, make sure you do it with reverence. We, we have a responsibility when we proclaim the name of God. I like the way ESV says it. He says, uh, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Do not take it. Uh, do not bear it. Don't wear the jersey if you're not going to play in the game. I hope you catch this. Uh, don't, don't say you are God's child and there's nothing in you that remotely looks like Anything that, that is of God. And hear, hear me. When we proclaim and profess to be godly, to be Christ-like, and we fail to reflect any semblance of Christ in our lives, y'all, we are guilty. And look what the Bible says. He says, those who are guilty won't go unpunished. God's going to correct that because you don't misuse his name. So as we proclaim it, remember Leviticus. Look at Leviticus with me. Leviticus 19 and 12. Uh, look at Leviticus 19 and 12. There it is. Uh, you shall not swear by my name falsely and so profane the name of your God. God says, I am the Lord. So take care on how you use his name. 
Take care how you represent his name because his name matters the most. Uh, when Christ, uh, God in flesh, came to deliver a people, you and I, who weren't even looking for him but were captive to sin, like the nation of Israel were captive to Egyptian slavery. We were captive to sin. God came down himself in grace, clothed himself in flesh. He took us, rescued us from our sinfulness through Christ Jesus, and Christ took all the, the, the ransom that was necessary to buy back our freedom. He put it on himself on the cross, gave his life for you and I. He resurrected with all authority in his hand. Get this, so that God says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is something about that name. We're saved because of that name. His name is upon us, and you ought to praise his name. You ought to glorify his name. You ought to represent his name. Because when we do, others will see him in our lives. And they too will see the grace that can be afforded to them if we, as the body of Christ, don't take his name in vain. So will you praise his name? Will you glorify his name? You can't stand all, all over the building because God is calling us. When Christ talked about the last day, he said, Many will come and say unto me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Then we heal in your name, and Christ will say to them on that day, depart from me. I never knew you. Because to know the name and not have relationship with God puts you at a place of judgment. Because you are bearing his name in vain. But here's some good news. When you call on his name, and you're really calling for him. His word tells us that everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be. Not, not, not possibly, not could be. They shall be saved. Because something happens when you call on his name. People are set free when you call on his name. Marriages are restored when you call on his name. Children are rescued when you call on his name. Broken hearts are mended back together again when you call on his name. Hope is restored when you call on his name. That when you come before him with whatever you got going on, God is able when you call on his name. And you really want him to do something about what you're going through. He's able you got to be willing to come. So I want to invite you now to come. To come and let's break yokes. Come and let, let us uh, call on his name and trust in him. You want to honor him? Trust him. You want to honor him? Come to him. You want to honor him? Live for him. And I want to pray with you.
that whatever you're going through, God wants to use you. You know what, maybe I'm going on a limb here, but, but how about we fill this space here so that we can pray together? You can stay socially distant. I'm not trying to t- tell you to, to get uncomfortable. I'm just telling you to come to God. And I want to pray with you. Let, let, come on, let's, let's make it real. There's so many times we've taken these moments for granted. So many times we've taken these moments in vain, and God is saying, hey, I want to be in relationship with you. Come to me. Come, bring whatever your cares are. Bring whatever your strains are. God says, come to me, and I will deliver you. I will rescue you. I will redeem you. You just have to come. Come on, saints. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He wants us to know him. But climb the mountain with me. Come on, climb the mountain. Get into his presence. Lift your hands to him. Bow your heads to him. Just celebrate him. He's calling. He's calling. He's calling. Let's get away from the rituals. Let's get away from from the superficial stuff and let's get personal with God. Because we need you. Father, we need you. And we ask that right now that you you would hear us as we call upon your name. That, Father, that, that you, you said that we can cast all our cares upon you because you care for us. We are casting right now. We're saying, God, we need you. God, we believe in you. God, we trust you. God, we're sorry for the times that we, we, we misused your name. We're sorry for the times that we weren't, we weren't reverent enough in your presence. But right now, we're coming the way we are. Help us to experience your love. Help us to feel your presence. Help us to be to grow in our relationship with you. Help us, Father. Set us free. Mend what is broken. Use us as your own. Place your name upon us that we might be your people. That we might know of your love and communicate your love to others. And all things you be glorified. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate them.
is that grace. That grace. We want you to experience afresh and anew. And if you've accepted Christ today, we want to know that because we want to walk with you and, and grow with you in your relationship. If you have said yes to God and you want to come under the Lordship of Christ, we want to help you grow in that relationship. If you're looking for a church to be a part of, listen, we are a family of God growing together step by step. And we invite you to be a part of that process, be a part of that journey. And so, Pastor George, why don't you wave your hand, Pastor George. Pastor George, why don't you head to our friendship area. If that's you I'm speaking to, if you want to be baptized, if you want to grow further in a relationship with Jesus Christ, join the family. And we will walk along with you as together we grow under the umbrella of his amazing grace. Pastor George, why don't you head that way. Um, and if you are... Anyone who is interested in church membership, you're interested in baptism, follow Pastor George right now as we continue to celebrate what God is doing in this place. Come on, let's sing that one more time on our way out. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.